Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Wealth Preservation Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Josh Saunders, along with my partner in crime here, Mark Scyther. Mark, how are you doing today? Uh, fantastic, and even better, today's episode is located inside a brewery. We are in a brewery. Is, which is, that's where I feel home, so. <laughs> yes, I don't think Mark has been so excited. I don't think he slept last night. He was so excited to come and do this. It's like Christmas. Yeah, he's got his uh, your beer. What, what, I, do you, what, what do you got here? What is, uh, uh, we well, got we, we can introduce them in a little bit because I actually didn't get the names of them. Oh, uh, so we'll do that in a second. You know, but I, I know that I think I like this one the best. This one's a porter. And this one's really malty and good. <laughs> so, Perfect. yeah. So we're down here in downtown Roseville at Monk Cellar. Um, we have a great episode. We're talking with Andy Klein. Andy, how are you doing today? Doing great, thanks. Yeah, good. You are the owner and brewmaster here at Monk Cellar. Owner and brewmaster, you're that, correct. That is awesome. So um, we're excited to talk kind of a lot about Andy's journey and how he went from, you know, growing up. Uh, you know, kind of around in this area to opening kind of a Belgian style, German style pub in downtown Roseville that serves amazing food and brews their own beer. Um, he was kind of a, um, you know, early to that game, so which is, which is very neat. And we also have Lou Catalano here. Um, Lou is our resident expert. Lou, how's it going? Great, man. How you doing? Good. He is our CPA expert um, on all things tax and financial. So he's we've sent him multiple, multiple clients, and we're excited to have them. Uh, work with him and, and just learn the great stuff that you do. So thanks for being here. With disclaimer, we've also gotten nothing but positive feedback. So <laughs> sent yeah. business and nothing but positive, positive feedback. feedback. So yeah. that's why he's on. <laughs> yeah, that. appreciate that. So um, again, we're going to kick that off here. Listen to the entrepreneurial journey. Find out, you know, kind of uh, how Andy, you know, brought this from his roots up to where it is today and um, how they brew beer. And then also, you know, for Lou, you know, kind of what a big part that financial, um, that CPA, CFO-esque um, consulting has uh, basically on a business. So we're excited to have you guys on. So thanks for being here, both of you. Yes. So Andy, let's kind of kick off with you. Tell us kind of your story. Like, how did you get, you know, I don't know if eight-year-old Andy was like, hey, when I grow up, I'm going to open a brewery in downtown Roseville and it's going to be awesome. I don't know if that was that a kid's dream or something like that, or how'd that kind of start? Wasn't necessarily my dream at that time, but I did uh, quite early on when I was 16, took a trip over to Germany and stayed with a host family and then toured around Germany, Austria, Switzerland, France. And you know, really at that point, you know, in the 80s, back here in the States, you know, beer was all about uh, Bud Light, Coors, you know, Keystone, you know, and just really nothing of any flavor or substance. There's kind of big that, mega breweries, right? Right, That's right, what, yeah. yeah, that was your choice. Maybe you had some imports, some Heineken, some other stuff that may have tasted a little bit better. But, um, but when I went over to Europe, I really was introduced to this concept of beer that actually had some, some flavor and some, some character to it. So... Uh, it was, you know, it was amazing. I'm 16 years old. I go over there the first night we're there. Uh, we go out to a pub with a couple other 16-year-olds. And, you know, it wasn't about going out and getting drunk. It really was about just, you know, celebrating the community, the, the you know, talking about sports, girls. We weren't there to get drunk. We were there to just have a couple of pints and hang out. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a shift for me. I think our, uh, you know, if there's any 16-year-olds watching, they're all Googling flights to, to Europe right now because that sounds <laughs> absolutely amazing. <laughs> yeah. So you're, so you're in Germany. You kind of So that had an effect on you, right? Like, I mean, basically, it's kind of what get, got you here today, but kind of how that, how that have an effect on you going Yeah, forward? so, you know, it wasn't one of those things where I get over there and I'm like, oh, I want to make beer for a living and open a brewery. It was just kind of one of those, you know, early experiences in life that are profound that you look back on that says, yeah, that kind of had a big effect on, on me uh, when I become an adult. But anyway, yeah, we just I came back, uh, went away to college, um, studied psychology. After college, went back to Europe, and that's really what kind of did it for me. I just really just was in awe of the whole concept of food and beer and culture and how that kind of interplays, you know, rules with society 
and just how different it was over there than it was over here in the States where right. alcohol is a drug and it's terrible and you can't, you shouldn't drink it. Uh, there it was more socially acceptable. You know, it's not uncommon for, you know, a family, 16, 17, 18 year old kids to be sitting at the dinner table, having a glass of wine, having a beer, um, and really just talking and not sitting around, you know, watching the TV yeah. while they're having dinner. It's just you know, more of a cultural kind of a, just a, an awakening for, for the family. So. Um, that trip after um, college, I came back home. I was living with my parents at the time because that's what newly graduated college <laughs> students do, and uh, started making beer in their basement. Um, and what did they think about that? I got at, like, did they think you were nuts? They're like, you want to do they what? Were, son? You know, my parents were awesome. They were so supportive. They're like, you know, find something that that you're passionate about that you want to do and 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 do it. So so they were super supportive. Uh, ended up going back to school to take all those sciences that uh, I didn't take with a psych degree. And UC Davis has a, a brewing science program, so so took some classes and, and got into there and then came out in 1995 uh, for Sacramento Brewing Company. So you were still well ahead of the kind of the microbrew, microbeer revolution, right? It hadn't really, hadn't totally kicked well, off well, yet. And I was going to say, that, that had to, I mean, was that kind of the earlier launch of that, that you know, brewery division of UC Davis's program? They had been at it for a while because you'll have to remember the Anheuser-Busch plants there. Yeah, in, in okay. Vallejo, okay. so yeah. they were a big supporter of the program. And, okay. And at that, you know, in the, in the let's just say the late 70s, early 80s, uh, when that program was going, they were just feeding brewers to the big uh-huh. big guys. Big guys, gotcha. So, okay. you know, in this in this 80s, I think it was Sierra Nevada opened in 84. Um, New Albion right around there as well. Of course, you had Anchor Steam. So... You know, the, there's a, a group of people that just started getting interested mm-hmm. in what at the time we called microbrewed beer, and so they started getting more more students interested in that. And um, you know, at the time too, when I got out, it was 1995. There were five breweries in Sacramento area, okay, and now there are over 80. So the growth now. has been pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. Now, honest answer: How many batches in your parents' basement did you did it take for you to be like? I can I can show this one to my friends, or I can brag about this one because I know I know some people who have tried brewing and they're like, my batches are terrible, myself included. So yeah, well, fortunately, I had a lot of thirsty friends. So really <laughs> what it tasted like, like it's better than Budweiser. It's fine. <laughs> but no, so it's early kind of successes, and then you know I joined a homebrew club, and you have you know people who have done it a longer, a lot longer okay. than you have tasted, and give you some pointers and. You know, at the time, I was just a sponge, and I was reading and, and doing everything I could to learn more about it. And that was kind of crazy. That was kind of pre-internet, too. So it's like you were, like, Ron, you know, I guess you had some, what, Prodigy chat rooms. I remember being in high school. They had that kind of stuff. It was just starting, right? But it wasn't like it wasn't like you'd be like, oh, what do I need to do? And just Google something, right? That, that didn't exist. No, you had to go was, actually ask somebody. It was all books. Yeah, yeah all books. And, and word of mouth, for sure. Yeah. yeah there was no no internet. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so you kind of... You're brewing uh, beer in your parents' basement. You're working at the brewery in Sacramento, and then kind of you know, kind of what happened next? I, you know, so there's you know, there's a long time span between there and between you started Monk Cellar. So kind of what happened in between there? Yeah. So early on, you know, you just kind of get this bug. I think most most people who make beer for a living love the idea of of maybe one day opening a brewery. And you know, yeah. I was no different. I was mm-hmm. you know, everything I did was with the goal of of opening. Uh, a brewery someday and you know fortunately for me sam peterson who was the owner of sacramento brewing company um his background was in in accounting and okay. he, he opened this pub he also loved you know beer he was a, he was uh did a lot of touring um and 
he, you know, really taught me a lot about the kind of the business side of opening a restaurant, okay. running a restaurant and, you know, watching your costs and, and yeah, you can make the best beer in the world, but if you can't sell it, if you're not going to stay open, then, you know, what does that do for you? So, so he was a, a great early mentor. So really at that point, I just, this is what I want to do. And I just kind of did everything I could to learn about opening a restaurant, running a restaurant, uh, a brewery, of course, a bar and yeah. So quick funny segue though, uh, as we were talking earlier, so he was used to be the CFO for Fresh Choice, you said, and our CPA, Lou, used to work at Fresh Choice. So it's That's really right. come full circle. It's I mean, just, it's, yep. you guys it's, are basically it was destiny. Destiny yeah, to work together. It was destiny to work together. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's kind of fast forward. So kind of, you know, when did you know that you're like, okay, I'm ready to go forward and I'm ready to, you know, launch this, this, right? This is not a small undertaking. For yeah, sure. no, not at all. And I think, you know, it was probably around 2006 is when I really got serious about this particular um, concept. And, you know, I had written a couple of different business plans yeah. between 1995 and 2005 with, you know, wanting to do it. But, you know, I had some young kids and I was a stay-at-home dad for a little bit. And so really around 2006, 2007 is when I really got serious. And, um, you know, the Small Business Development Center is just mm-hmm. a great resource for people who are kind of starting out. I put this business plan together. I had them kind of you know, knock it down for me and, and tell me the kind of some areas I needed to improve on. Um, and then really just started looking for investors, looking for SBA loans, looking yeah. for a location, of course. And, and we opened, ended up opening in 2014, October, just celebrated five years. Yeah, congratulations yeah. on that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it was a long, long journey, but I was, I was, you know, set and I knew what I wanted to do. And and yeah, I'm just blessed that I was able to get this place open and, and then we're still open. Very cool. And, yeah, and real quick, cause, you know, I, I know the, the brewery side of it, uh, you know, because that, that was kind of your background and, and everything. Tying, I mean, the restaurant industry is extremely competitive and extremely tough. Like what, what was it that convinced you like, hey, if I'm going to do the beer thing, I'm going to do the restaurant thing. I'm not just going to do one or the other. Yeah. So I think for me, it was... Um, you know, at the time, there were a lot of breweries opening, uh, doing the tasting room model, opening in a warehouse, putting in the brewing system, putting in a small bar um, and selling beer over the bar. And that was great. Um, but I was more interested in creating a kind of a the, the third place concept, kind of, you know, you yeah. have your family, mm-hmm. your home and your um, work. And then there's this kind of third place. And for me, really, it's all about the community um, making a place that people can come and hang out. And I think food is a vital part of, of that third sure. place. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to do a food truck. Uh, I wanted to be, you know, have some control over the type of food that was coming out of the kitchen. And, you know, food was not my background. So, you know, that was, you know, what I focused a lot on. But I think the one thing that, that we did, which, you know, I really uh, think was a smart move, was really just to keep it simple. I didn't want to open with you know, a four or five page menu. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was writing this business plan and my wife and I would always bounce stuff off of her and she's like, just make sure you have a kick-ass burger. You're going to be, you're going <laughs> to yeah, be good. Right. And, yeah. and you know, there was a, there's a lot of truth to that. We have an amazing burger. Um, when we opened, we only had about 15 items on our menu. Um, you know, and it was one of those things that we could do. We could do it really well. We could repeat it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wasn't spending you know, tons and tons and tons of money on labor right. in the kitchen. Yeah. So no long hours of prep time and all yeah, that kind of stuff. For sure. Yeah. Very yeah. Cool. yeah. And sometimes that simple is just better. I mean, yeah, people are yeah. looking for something simple. I mean, if, especially pairing it with beer, I mean, you don't want something complex and, yeah. you know, so, uh, and 
little plug, Josh and I are a huge fan of the Reuben fries. We don't have any right here, but after the episode, I, I we will get some. Yes. We will be getting some. Yes. Absolutely. So uh, <laughs> they are you, they are. If you come here for any reason, I'm sure the beer is great. I don't drink beer personally, but the Reuben fries are absolutely phenomenal. The beer is yes. fantastic, but pairing it with the Reuben fries, oh my yes. gosh, yeah, it's a very cool thing. So, Andy, thank you so much for that yeah, kind of intro on kind of your journey and how we got here. We'll, we'll kind of dive into what it's like running a business and some of the nuances and struggles with that. But let's kick it over to Lou. Um, Lou, thanks again so much for being here. Um, how, did, how did you kind of get to be the, the CPA that you are today, the, the super kick-ass CPA that you are today? <laughs> thanks a lot. Appreciate yeah, it. We, don't, we yeah. would not have just any CPA on the show, by the way. This is <laughs> only for kick-ass awesome CPAs. <laughs> It, that's on my business card. Actually. Kick, <laughs> is, kick ass CPA. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, we'll go ahead and check out our website. Look it up. Yeah, you know, uh, when I was in college, I knew I wanted to do something that had kind of an entrepreneurial bent to it, and uh, so I was really focused on the business, finance, that kind of stuff, even econ a little bit. Uh, just enjoyed kind of seeing bringing uh, order out of the chaos is uh, kind of how I like to put it. At least I did, you know, when I was interviewing sure. <laughs> yeah. for jobs out of yeah. school. Uh, but I took a couple of accounting classes and really enjoyed that and the CPA track specifically. And what I get to do today specifically is really, um, you know, getting to partner with small and mid-sized businesses and uh, kind of help bring some clarity to the very complex tax code and just accounting in general, you know, managing cash flows, things like that. Um, and, you know, partnering with people who are passionate about what they do and who, uh, you know, care about their community are reinvesting in their community. Yeah. Um, that's what I enjoy, man. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, the lifeblood of America is the small to medium-sized business owner. I mean, they're they're the people that support the baseball teams and, you know, all you know, the local yeah. sports and the local Absolutely. communities and the local charities and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, us here on this podcast are crazy passionate about that too because it's, it's the community that we serve. It's it's kind of what we are and it's what we love to do. And, you know, we that's why we do it here because this is, this is something you're not, you're not going to find in corporate America. You're not going to find this really cool Belgian-style, German-style brewery at a big corporate setting, or at least not something this quaint and and that feels like a home, like you were talking about, which right. is very cool. We go to a lot of nonprofit events around town, and uh, pretty much every single one of them, you know, Monk Cellar, Crooked Bridge is being being poured, you know, yeah, because they're they're just involved. That's very yeah. absolutely, and it's fun to get to be a part of that in the yeah. way we are. So you know, kind of you became a CPA, but kind of what was the kind of the little story before that? I mean, the, the eight year old Lou, you know, did he cruise out with his dad with the uh, pocket protector and the <laughs> calculator watch and be like, Dad, I'm I'm going to go take the CPA exam. No, I think eight-year-old Lou was going to be an inventor. <laughs> Good. Um, and then uh, you kind of stole my thunder because I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Oh, okay. uh, well, I'm okay. colorblind, man. So oh, you get to fly I'm, the airplanes and uh, I well, get I'm to... colorblind with numbers when it comes to that kind of stuff. So <laughs> you're perfect. All right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's... that's uh, yeah, I just, I've always had a kind of that business mind. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, being a CPA, there's a lot of Im um, impressions that people have that it's very, you know, the pocket protector and very, mm -hmm. very, you know... Uh, cut and dry and straight laced and things like that. But uh, there's a lot of nuance to what we do, especially working, you know, it's very different working small and mid-sized businesses versus, Correct. you know, I've worked in large corporate enterprises before and it's a very different different deal. And so, you know, what I really enjoy about this is, uh, you know, when we're working with a small mid-sized business owner, this isn't life and death stuff we're doing, but this is how they're gonna, you know, feed their family, yep. keep a roof over their kids' mm -hmm. heads, send their kids to college, retire someday. So yeah. it's important stuff. And so if we're able to come alongside, add some peace of mind to that, that's awesome. Hopefully we save them some money in the process, help them make more money. Um, but that's what I enjoy and I get to, you know, I get I've to seen your work, you, you say people money. I've seen it. <laughs> we try. And that. I was gonna say on, on like the CPA accounting and tax front, like I, I feel like that is one of those areas where it's like marketing, there's some people that can run a business and they kind of get that, or, or there's, you know, there's areas where they kind of get it. With the, with the tax stuff, you either get yeah. it or you don't. And, you know, people will either arm wrestle their their uh, business into success or they right. can just hire someone who just gets it. 
Yeah. yeah well, so. and the tax code is changing constantly. Yes. Yeah. So it's a lot to keep up with. You know, we spend a lot of time doing continuing education and then just other reading and stuff like that. I sure. mean, the Trump, you know, tax code just switched just last year and it yeah. made, had significant changes for right. businesses like this and really for everybody. And, you know, Andy needs to be bringing customers in the door and making beer and, and helping the operations here. Spend the pastrami fries. He needs to be and making the pastrami fries. fries. He hand cuts every <laughs> single fry. Or so Reuben fries. <laughs> Reuben fries. Jeez, we yeah. How much delicious. cider have you had? Yeah, no, geez, geez, man. He's already going crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, cool. So, you know, Andy, you got the, you have the brewery running and it's up and running and you got this running in 2014. Mm-hmm. Now, kind of, what was, what was the A number one challenge? What was the big challenge that you had that, that first year? You know, obviously besides getting, obviously getting all the equipment and the decor. And yeah, what was yeah. That? I mean, early on, it's just, you know, getting money to, to be able to do something like sure. this. It's not, you know, inexpensive by any means to open a 6,000 square foot restaurant. No. Yeah. Um, so that was the, the biggest challenge. Um, but you know, at that point it's like, you know, you're working so hard, let's just get open, let's get open and, and then hope, you know, you kind of roll the dice to a certain yeah, extent. You have to have yeah. a lot of faith in what it is you've kind of put together. And hopefully it's going to be something that appeals to, to the general public. And what I had also, you know, what kind of what I had going for me was, you know, in 2014, people were seeking out breweries. Gotcha. So it's like, for me, it's like, all right, my background is in the beer. It's a brewery. I know people are going to come. I'm not relying on foot traffic so much. Right. Um, So, you know, that was a big, one of the big reasons why I ended up choosing here downtown Roseville, you know, it's in its kind of infancy of its redevelopment. And, you know, I grew up here in Roseville. I love Roseville. I remember what this area used to be like when I was a kid. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I wanted to, to be a part of that. So, um, you know, it was just great. And, you know, that first year it's like you open and everything's great and everything's going well and people are coming in the door and, you know, you start losing kind of track of those those things that kind of you have to really watch. Um, those, you know, key performance indicators, those things that, you know, you really need to watch because you're so busy, you're trying to, to get people in the door, you're not focusing on maybe what you should. And, and for me, the, the, the biggest turning point was just making that shift from looking at my CPA, who at the time was not Lou, as someone who's doing my taxes as opposed right. to looking at a CPA that is kind of a partner in this thing with me right. and can put together, kind of reshuffle our books, put together some some quick kind of KPIs that I can look at and say, yeah, maybe we can change this a little bit. And right. le- allows us to be a little bit more nimble and make better decisions. Sure. You know, some more data, kind of data-driven decisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's all there, but you know, when you're running a small business, I don't have time to spend 10 or 15 hours a week Right. delving through my books yeah. and looking at this and that i need to just look at a quick report and yeah. go from there and, yeah. and was there was there an instant you know because we we kind of joke like when something we know isn't quite correct and we need to fix but there's just so many things on the to-do list we always joke like that's future mark's problem that's future josh's problem <laughs> yeah you know like we'll let that dude handle it was there like a moment where you're like future andy is present andy present andy has a problem this needs to get fixed like quick yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, you always kind of come into the, those times where you look at things and you're like, all right, it's, we need to make changes. Yeah. You know, I love our model. I love our concept. Um, but doing the things that we do costs more money than, say, if we were Applebee's or Chili's or mm-hmm. some other oh, Thank goodness you're not, though. <laughs> thank goodness no, you're not Applebee's <laughs> we do We do a lot of stuff from, from scratch in, in the kitchen. Um, and 
you know, I told you early on that we opened with, you know, 15 items on our menu. And, you know, about a year ago, I'm looking at our menu and we've got like four pages and like 35 items and we're struggling with our labor in the kitchen and it's just costing us more. I'm like, I look back at our original menu. I'm like, gosh, what the heck are we doing? We kind of lost sight of that early kind of vision to be just a place to come in and have a simple, really good yeah, food. Yeah. So um, right around that time, I think is when I reached out to Lou and I just, you know, kind of wanted him just to kind of take, take a look at things. And, and really it's, it's made a huge difference. Just that transition going a little bit back to that original kind of idea and concept I had, and then being able to, to rely on Lou and his team to provide me with just those, those key performance indicators. And, you know, I think it's so important to have a CPA that, um, not only knows their stuff, but also is relevant in your industry. You know, it's like right. you can have a great oh, yeah. CPA, CPA, but if they don't do restaurants, if they don't do breweries, they might not really know and be able to point you in the right direction. You know, Lou and um, they're very involved with the CCBA, the Statewide Brewers yep. uh, Association. Um, I think Lou just volunteers to go to and have drinks. That's yeah, why I think he's like, I'll come a, speak. A sure, I'll come yeah. speak. 95% yeah. of it. Four, yeah. four, yeah. Days, yeah. Of, four sure. days of beer. Yeah, I'll come Let, speak. Let people buy me beer. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Smart man. What do you want me to talk about? Taxes? Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to kind of go back to that question. You know, when you went, when you're raising when you're raising money, obviously this was not a, a cheap endeavor. You know, usually people joke they go after the friends, family, and fools, the three Fs of money raising. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of what was that for you? Did you kind of how did you go and go about that process? I'm sure it was arduous or hard. Yeah, yeah, a, a little, little. Unless that, you have like, you know, sure. like a sugar mama, sugar daddy thing, you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, win the lottery, anything like that. <laughs> no, no, my uh, I, my parents were both teachers growing up, so I did not come from a a large swath of money. So for me, it was. Um, SBA was kind of the first okay. option yeah. I, I looked to. And, you know, with my background, uh, years of experience, um, you know, that wasn't too big of a deal. Uh, just went and talked to a couple of local community banks around here yeah. and was able to secure uh, an SBA loan. And so really what I, you know, what I wanted to do was have a loan. And I did want to sell some some um, equity, have some a small group of investors. I just sure. wanted that community and yeah. and really people that I could kind of bounce ideas off of that can pseudo act as a like a little advisory board for sure. me. So um, so we did it with you know a lot of uh, my personal money and then the SBA loan and um, a good amount of money from from investors. investors. So. Yeah, and, and hopefully we're not going to go give advice to uh, you know your next competitor that you know anything like that. <laughs> but if uh, you know if there were other entrepreneurs uh, or people who have business plans uh, listening, I mean, what, what would probably be like the three things where you're like, hey, if you're needing funding, these are the three areas I went to, and they made the biggest impact. Don't I mean, or don't waste your time on don't this waste one. your time on on this one. Yeah, yeah, I think that um, certainly you mean. I, people certainly try to steer me away from the SBA side uh, just because it is pretty arduous and there's a lot of paperwork mm-hmm. and stuff that, uh, but I don't think I could have done it without that. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I would probably do it again. Yeah. Um, so I think that's great. It just depends on kind of what what your, your needs are. I mean, the other thing I wanted to make sure, and one reason why I wanted to go the SBA route is because I didn't want to sell a ton of equity, equity in the yeah. business. Um, I wanted to make sure I retained most ownership to it. Um, and that's where the the investors came in, yeah. um, you know, smaller chunks of mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of get people 
more community, family, friends. When you get some buy-in at that point, too, right. you have people yeah. that are like, hey, I kind of yeah. own part of yeah. Monk Cellar. Yeah. I'm going to go spend money and drink yeah. beer there. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and the other thing that, that really... And they get a 5% discount. So I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> the other thing that really kind of um, worked in our favor because we were doing this area of Roseville that's redeveloping, the, the city of Roseville actually owned the building. And they had a Roseville Community Development Corporation that kind of put in a little bit of money to help with our tenant oh, improvements. Cool. Nice. Yeah, so, that's huge. So without those three things, it just you know couldn't have couldn't have worked. Did, did they look at you funny when they're like, "Hey, what what do you want us to do?" And you're like, "Could you make it look like a Belgian style pub, please?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, I was lucky because I got a, a great architect, um, gorgeous architecture here in Roseville, and their designer Kelly just. I interviewed a couple other architects and she just she just got the concept and she brought yeah. in these pictures that just were exactly what I was kind of looking for. Yeah, if you're if you're watching gonna watch this on video, at some point we'll have some B-roll on this and the, the place is phenomenal. It's, yeah. it's you nailed it, so it's very cool. Thank Having you, spent yeah. a whole bunch of time living in Italy, I um, and Europe, I this you nailed it here. So this is very Thank cool. You. Yeah, very cool. And Andy, so as the business has kind of grown, you kind of saw that your, your menu was ballooning to 35 items. And you're like, hey, this thing, this monster's kind of getting out of control. We kind of need to, to bring it back. And you're trying to run the business and brew beer and make sure the food's coming out on point and people are showing up for work. We'll, we'll kind of talk about some of that. But when was that? You're like, hey, I, I, need, I can't do this all myself anymore. I need to bring in, you know, some, a little outside help to, to do that. Um, you know, kind of when was that point? That was um, probably around year three, three and a half, when I started saying, you know, I really should probably start looking for some, some outside help. Yeah. Uh, and I had um, gotten to know Lou just with the events that the California Craft Brewers Association was putting on. Um, also, I became president of the local Sacramento Area Brewers Guild. And, okay. And Lou had been kind of helping them out on their books. So so really got to know Lou pretty well with that. And then I just reached out to him and my wife and I took our financials and all of our stuff and sent it over and he took sat down and looked at it and just kind of came back to us with just you know this is kind of what I recommend how we kind of start and you know we can because usually we like you know we work with the business owners we kind of see that they kind of know when something's not right you know business can you know your numbers enough in your head but you're just like I can't put my feet I just know I know it's not correct right I don't there's there, a whole bunch of, what's there, coming out on the end is not what I think should be, should be coming, coming out. out. I don't know where the sausage yeah. is coming out bad in the middle somewhere yeah. or where the needle is in the haystack, yeah. but I, I just need someone to help me find it, really. Yeah. And, and it's just a time thing, right? You just don't have, again, like you said, you don't have the 10, 15, 20 hours a week to sit down and pour over your book to make sure things where it, where it needs to be. Yeah. When you have someone that you can come in and, and handle that at a high level and get it done in, in I'm sure, a lot less hours mm-hmm. um, than, you, than you, it would take for you to do it, right? Right, right, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, a lot of it's a time thing. And, you know, what we really try to focus on with, you know, it's not uncommon for us to, to start working with someone after they've been in business for a couple of years and realize things are getting more complicated. This is, you know, is we try to cut through some of the chatter and we really want to simplify things. Cause, right. Like Andy said, he doesn't have time to sit there and pour through the books and check every ratio and every, every metric. But if we can simplify the books enough, right, and focus on, hey, you're a restaurant, you're a brewery. We know these are the things that are going to make or break you. Let's right. start monitoring those and really monitoring them over time yeah. is so important and so much of it. You know, um, we really view when we come in and we're helping out on some of the consulting side of things, the financials are really just there so we can make meaningful decisions. That means they have to be timely and they got to be accurate and they have to be consistent because really it's over time that matters. Right. Correct. Um, and so that's what we try to do. We try to do in this case was come in and just say, okay, let's, let's tighten things up a little bit. Let's simplify so you can look at a, a dashboard, a couple, here are the things that we know if we're doing this right, 
you know, we know we're going to be successful and we can watch those trends. And it's a part of that putting in the processes in place. So I know, I know as a business owner, it's always hard when something that's not in your wheelhouse to put a process in place or something you don't fully know. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I don't even know. I know I need to have a process, but I don't know what that process is supposed to look like. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm supposed to go to the bank, deposit right. money, and take money out when I need it. That's my process. <laughs> well, I'm, and it should be more than that, right? Well, and so, so I mean, I guess if there was like someone you know, walking in the door right now saying, hey, I've got my financials. What, what are kind of those first couple steps where you're like, hey, you're a brewery restaurant or, or a restaurant or whatever. Right. Like what's kind of the first things you're looking at on a consulting front of like, hey, if we're not doing this right, then we're probably, we're going to get that, you know, messed up sausage out of the end of the tube, right? Yeah. We're, not, we're, not, yeah. we're losing Well, it's kind of that classic adage, garbage in, garbage out. Okay. Not implying it was garbage in. And it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't at all in their case, but, but, you know, it's really as good as what's coming in. And so, sure. you know, We'll, we'll just cut, cut to it, you know, for, for restaurants, breweries, things like that, your labor costs, your food costs, your, yeah. your supply costs are really where, where the rubber meets the road in terms of, are you going to make it or not? Yeah. And uh, the first, first step is figuring out, is that stuff being coded and booked correctly? Yeah. Um, and, you know, it sounds simple, but you'd be surprised it's not. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's timing issues, et cetera. So first, first step, if I'm looking at financials, is making sure those are, those are reliable. And from there, we're going to go into, okay, now what are your ratios? Are we actually... Uh, and, and are you hitting those? Sure. Are they improving? Where, where are you benchmarked against your industry? Um, things like things like that is really yeah. kind of where we would start on a consulting side. You know, on the tax side, we come in and we take a look and make sure that people are leveraging the credits and, and appropriately expensing things. And, uh, you know, you'd be surprised the stuff that seems feels rote for us. Yep. Um, is missed a lot, either self-prepared or you've got somebody who's just kind of you know, churning paper and not yeah. really consulting and coming along and strategizing with you. With you as a, um, and that can mean a lot of different things, but you just need the experience to be able to, to get, glance at it and, and advise. For those people listening, it, it is uh, November. Hopefully you've either getting ready to or have met with your CPA for end of your tax planning. I know so many business owners, when I ask them that question, they're like, oh yeah, I don't do that with my CPA. And you're like, yeah. you have to, that's a must. I mean, that is like yeah. a huge must. You can't you can't take deductions for things right when it's already passed. It's hard December, to go back and it's hard stuff. to go back and read. You can't you can't fudge the receipts. That just doesn't work. Like right, you shouldn't do that. I guess <laughs> is the IRS listening to this? I don't know. <laughs> um, no fudging. Yeah. yeah. So let's, so let's kind of roll back, Andy. For you, um, what were some of the huge struggles? What, or what was a couple of one or two of the big struggles? You know, we don't be transparent. We've all had our issue. But what is something that you're like, man? If I'd have known that, I'd have done it way different when I started the Monk Cellar. I'd have gone a different direction with that or that, that cost me time or money or both. Well, I think that, you know, I alluded earlier to that, um, you know, the whole menu thing, that concept. And, you know, had I, you know, been paying a little closer attention sure. specifically to my, let's just say my kitchen labor. Cause that's, yeah. you know, one thing that, that Lou has really helped with us is, you know, before I was looking at it all as this is my labor for right. the entire business. Gotcha. But I'm really running three different businesses i've yep. got the brewery i've got the bar i've got the kitchen yep and so really backing you know the coding those those expenses um into certain areas so where i can look and say oh our kitchen labor is at 16 percent should be at 10 percent why i've got a problem here in the kitchen right gotcha. you know, not yeah. a, oh my overall labor is high where is it why is it high yeah and if we're so tracking that when you opened right if we had been tra- you know tracking from day one you know, we would have been meeting and noticing, hey, this is creeping up, and we would have been able to kind of dip it in the bud. Or, yeah. or he'd say, yeah, we made a decision. We're trying, whatever, you know, you can do what you want yeah. to do. But, yeah. but, you know, you notice it creeping up versus one day you kind of wake up and go, boy, that number seems high. What was it two years ago? And, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. 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 yeah, gotcha. Yeah, and intuitively, you know, it's like I know that yeah. something's not quite right, but then right. having those tools, those yeah. quick access, that dashboard to look at and go, oh, make quicker changes, make, make, yeah, right. deci- decisions that, 
It's all about information, right? You can make a yeah. good decision if you have the right information. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so in the next episode, we're going to kind of dive into some nerdy, you know, getting into some little more tax code stuff and a little managing employees and things like that, some of the struggles and with that. But obviously, we, on this show, we like to celebrate big wins. So what has kind of been a, a huge win for you, for Monk Seller, and then for you personally, when you were, when you kind of you kind of got over the hump and you're like, no, this is going to work. Yeah. Like, unless I don't totally screw it up. I mean, I screwed up plenty of things in my life. But you're like, I'm not going to screw this up, and this is, this is going to work. Yeah. How when did that happen? Um, well, you know, when, with the, when you're looking at restaurants, when you're asking people for money and you're trying to get an SBA loan, they look at a restaurant and they're like, you know, <laughs> right. maybe, maybe not. Um, the nice thing I had, obviously, was the brewery that kind of changed the dynamics a little right. bit because my profit margins are better uh, right. with the beer. Um, but, you know, it's like you're, you're working so hard to get open. You finally get open. You're like, whew, we're open. All right. And then, then the your goal, line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> marathon time. Yeah. yeah. Then your goal is a year. It's like, all right, we celebrate our one year. And then it's three years. And you're like, right. All right. This is kind of working. And then now we just celebrated five years. And it's, it's funny to me because I tell people, yeah, we just celebrated five years. And like, oh, so you made it. You're good. Because oh, there's that there's that saying that like yeah, you hey, the first you know yeah. the first uh, five years ninety percent of businesses you know new fail. businesses yeah. fail yeah. so it's like right. man you basically go ahead and get that black on black yeah. your unicorn yeah. 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 order that puppy yeah, yeah. yeah. doesn't matter I haven't paid my mortgage <laughs> but at least we're still open but um, no but that you know in and of itself is huge five years for for a restaurant is is huge um, and now it's just a matter of you know turning it into I guess what I like in from a hobby into a business. And this, right. you know, this really did start out as a hobby, a, a passion, a love sure. of mine. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's making those tougher decisions that may not be best for some of my employees, but it's best for the business yes. right now. Gotcha. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when I did open, uh, you notice, and if people come in, notice there's no TVs in the, in the place. And when we did open, I can't tell you how many people said, how can you open a bar and not have TVs and play sports and do all that stuff? And I said, well, you know, really, I want this place to be more about the conversation and the community. And, you know, yeah. when you look at the history of pubs or public houses, sure. yeah. That's where people would go and discuss politics and make decisions and write the Declaration of Independence. Right, and, yeah. You know, all that I was stuff. just there a month ago. It was delicious in Boston. Yeah, yeah nice. So um, that's what I wanted it to be. And, you know, it's, it's great. One of my, I guess, successes that I love is when a lot of those same people that, that told me when I opened, you're not going to make it without TVs, now come in two or three times a week. And they yeah. love that we don't have TVs because they come in and they just talk to their neighbor or their wife and my wife is one of those people because uh i did not grow up with tv and so if there's a moving picture around like i you know she's like you have that same dumb look on your face every time there's a tv in the room so for her among sellers like hey we get not that we're going to talk about politics but you yeah. know like she's like hey you I can have a conversation yeah i mean it is a nice yeah. touch I, I guess i never really thought about that yeah although i, I will say that uh jokingly when i look at our sunday sales during football season versus mm-hmm. our Sunday <laughs> yeah. uh, football season, I kind of feel like I should throw a couple TVs. In, but, um, but anyway, I, I think that's just a, a nice for sixteen uh, weeks, sixteen Sundays yeah. only TVs at Monk Cellar on for yeah. four yeah. hours. Yeah. Yeah. For four hours, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's funny. Um, so you know, we kind of talked about the passion you had, obviously brewing beer, but kind of what what gets you up in the morning to come back to Monk Cellar and be like, you know, what, we're going to make the best pastrami fries in the world. We're going to brew the best beer in the world. And to keep doing that over and over and over again, what kind of what kind of drives that, Andy? 
really it's it's that it's that passion because yeah. I you know I won't I wouldn't change a thing other than sing Lou a little bit earlier on in my uh, <laughs> business life but um, it is yeah it's the hardest thing I've ever done sure um, I certainly didn't have any gray hair when I when I opened this place but I have a lot of gray hair now <laughs> um, I didn't age. have any gray hair before I started it looking it in. I mean, it's, just, yeah, it's, it's like crazy. three years worth yeah, yeah, exactly. back here with more gray hair I think we found the, the key factor <laughs> yeah 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 exactly <laughs> but ultimately it comes down to that that passion that's what drives you and it's you know I, when I come in and I see the place is busy and I see people hanging out the bar and yeah. I see a couple at the table on their first date that you know a year later they got married and they sure. wanted to have their wedding here you know it's just that you create you know you create this space that that people love and uh it certainly is what what gets me going every single time and that has to be just super rewarding as far just per- personally you're like man I, i'm making an, an impact on the community where i love and i live and where my kids are raised and where my family hangs out which is very cool yeah yeah, yeah. and awesome. it's so nice that whole community aspect you know it, it really comes around full circle like what lou was saying earlier who goes out to a, an event and we're pouring beer there and You know, when we go there, we take our menus, we talk about the place, we give these little $2 coupons that look like a coaster. And, you know, we do that to really track to see if we're getting anything in return sure. from these. But, but you know, it, it really comes around full circle. It's like, you know, we'll go out and pour some beer for this nonprofit. Six months later, that nonprofit is looking for a place to have a fundraiser or a meeting or something. Yeah. And I book them in the back Uh, yeah. in our back room and it's just it's this nice kind of just community kind of full circle sure um turnaround Absolutely. so it's yeah well lou we didn't get to talk to you a ton on this episode but we have, right. we have a lot of questions for you in the second one so we'll be prepared um but we're going to kind of wrap up uh the episode number one here at monk cellar with andy and lou you guys thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today really appreciate it and oh, thank you for the beer so. yes sorry speed round yes sorry, i cut this we'll do the speed round so we got yep. we came up with you saw the speed round there we have five yeah. questions one sentence uh two sentences or less on the answer. So we'll go with these. Okay, are we ready to go, Aaron? All right, speed round. Go ahead, Mark, you do the first one. Uh, so what is your favorite beer to brew here? The Crooked Bridge ESB. Why is that? It was a beer that I designed for my wedding in 1997. Nice, very cool. Yeah. There you go, that's very cool. Okay, so who thought of the pastrami fries and why can't they be delivered to my house? <laughs> Or Reuben fries, sorry, the Reuben fries. It's a community-based, you gotta come, <laughs> you gotta come and enjoy right. the community. <laughs> But I want to Uber Eats it. Yeah, Uber Eats it right here. <laughs> the Reuben fries was was an employee thing, okay. actually. Yeah, so a couple of my employees just started asking the kitchen to make them for them. Yeah. And it just got to be kind of an employee favorite and threw it on the menu and the rest is history. That's very cool. like, ah, I, I want a Reuben, but I don't want the carbs. Could you dump it on potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that'll keep I'm on a diet. I'm going to watch my figure. It's keto friendly. Get, get the next one. Uh, Lou, what is your yeah. favorite Monk Cellar beer? It's going to sound like pandering, but I'm going to go with the Crooked Bridge ESP. Is it good? Yeah, it's a very good beer. And I always like, you know, whenever I go to a new brewery, I always like to try a Pale Ale ESP, you know, right in that family. And they do a great job with it. And it's a beer, you know, it's on year round. Awesome. Okay, Lou, this one's for you. Yep. What is your favorite part of the tax code? <laughs> favorite part of the tax Come code. Come on. Uh, I'm going to take accelerated depreciation. Awesome. Section like 179. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woo, there's some tax code. Nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Last one. Oh, what is the tax break that is most often missed? Yeah. Um, for for breweries, I'm going to say, and restaurants, actually, uh, there's a credit for your uh, the the social security taxes you pay on tips. Okay. And I'd say about half of the clients that we bring in new clients, um, their prior person has missed it. So um, that's free money you're paying in. 
You don't have to do anything else other than file a form to get it back. So um, for, for this specific type of business, I'd say it's about half. Wow. Yeah. Did, you, did you file that for Andy this year? <laughs> He's got to handle it. Don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Everyone loves free money. Yeah, everyone loves yeah. free money. Yeah. Well, awesome. Any kind of last closing thoughts on you know being an entrepreneur, starting your own business, or the brewery business in general? You know, I just think if you've got uh, an idea in your head, just go for it. Just awesome. do everything you can to make it happen. You won't regret it. Perfect. Lou, on the CPA side? Yeah, I would just say, you know what? Um, you know, for the people we work with, it's important to recognize you're not going to be an expert at everything. Go find sure. somebody who can help you with that so you can be excellent at what you, you what you do. We'll be excellent at what we do or, you know, your tax preparer can be a great team. Yeah, Awesome. Andy, how can everybody find you on, on the web? But where are you guys located here? And, and how can they get some of this amazing beer and Ruben Thank you. Yeah. So we are in downtown Roseville, uh, 240 Vernon Street. Um, and of course, we have MonkSeller.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Open every day. Awesome. Get down here, get some amazing beer, amazing cocktails, and some delicious, delicious food. And, yep. and it, you know, we mentioned it earlier, but they started with Kick-Ass Burger, still on the menu, so make sure you check out the Kick-Ass right. Burger. Absolutely. Uh, make sure you come over to Monk Cellar, uh, try their amazing beer, try their uh, amazing food. Also, if you have, uh, you know, if you have that hunch that, hey, uh, I think something's wrong in my taxes and I, I could use some consulting, head over to Lou. Um, you know, please join us again uh, next week. We're going to be back with Lou and Andy. We're going to talk a little bit more how the CPA, uh, you know, the CPA and the business owner relationship really, uh, you know, kind of the nitty gritty of how they mesh together and how Absolutely. they're, you know, how they're able to get intertwined and, and grow from uh, where they're where they yeah. started to where they're at. Yeah, we should do more of more of these podcasts at breweries. By the way, absolutely, this is, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> well, awesome. We're going to end it right there. Quick disclaimer: nothing that is said here should be taken for tax, legal, financial advice. If you have questions or need help, contact a professional. There's lots of them out there. Um, give Mark and I uh, a call uh, or shoot us an email at uh, josh at, uh, geez, josh at kingsviewam.com. Um, we'd be happy to help point you in the right direction. And if you're in Roseville, come on down to Monk Cellar. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day.